Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2110. Today, we're going to wrap up our look at the second story arc of Clone Wars Season 7 with a couple of final notes, including a couple of check-in things about what the original version of the story was supposed to look like. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So here we are, two story arcs through Clone Wars Season 7. And this second story arc, Ahsoka's Walkabout, is what it had, had been originally called, originally referred to when we first heard about it at Star Wars Celebration London in 2016. For the most part, it seems like the story arc unfolded in very much the same manner as it was originally intended. But there is one particularly big difference in what the first version of the story arc was and what it actually turned out to be. So instead of the Martez sisters, there was a character Ahsoka came to know and it was in the same kind of shop and she was getting her bike fixed in the same place, but it was with a character named Nix Okami. And I'm going to play for you a little bit of the panel, the Ahsoka's Untold Tales panel from Star Wars Celebration Chicago, where Dave Filoni and Pablo Hidalgo and Ashley Eckstein talk about this particular story arc and about the romance that was developing between Ahsoka and Nix Okami. This panel is also moderated by David W. Collins, so you may hear him chime in as well. And yeah, Ahsoka kind of, it's this almost this, uh, like, I don't want to say completely John Hughes, but it is really kind of like a teenage story about her and what she does on her own, kind of, and, and she can, if you think about it, be just a norm, whatever a normal kid in Star Wars is at that age. She doesn't have the big responsibilities of the galaxy anymore, but that's going to be a huge struggle for her. So it was a great character kind of look at, at what she gets into, and she gets wrapped up kind of in the smuggling world and the underworld with uh, crime syndicates and everything. Not that she's with them, she's actually still against them, and that's her problem. She has a very clear moral center. Even though she's not technically a Jedi anymore, that doesn't mean that she's not going to behave like one. But if she does, it would be very dangerous for her. So it's a big challenge for her to be around these other characters. And, and also, like as far as anything romantic with the character, which I explored a little bit, um, with with I mean, Lux. I feel like we're beating around the bush here. What is that? Ahsoka had a boyfriend for a hot minute, and his name is Nick Okami. <laughs> is that is that what, <laughs> is that what you, you said that, not me? <laughs> All right, there you go. From the Ahsoka's Untold Tales panel at Celebration London in July of 2016, that's Ahsoka's walkabout being discussed, or at least elements of it. And you hear, you know, the whole thing about getting involved with the underworld and in, happened with the Pikes in specific in this case, and so that was very much the same. One of the other differences is that Ahsoka reveals her Jedi background to the Martez sisters in the actual storyline that played out on Clone Wars Season 7, but according to the panel, 
she kept that a secret from Nyx. And, you know, it's one of those things where probably the relationship dynamics meant that, you know, there was more at stake for her in that sense to be able to, you know, keep it to herself. So that way, whatever this burgeoning relationship was, you know, it seems like the stakes are a little bit higher. But you can also see a situation where she might have had to reveal it at some point and that creates additional relationship drama potentially. But there is one other element that isn't mentioned and it's not that they would necessarily mention it, but just the way that this unfolded in the story arc means that it could not possibly have been that way originally. And that has to do with the ending of this story arc as we saw it depicted on Disney+. Plus. Now we talked about this a little bit here and there over the past few weeks, the fact that Ahsoka ultimately has to be reassociated with the Jedi for the Siege of Mandalore to happen, and the way that it had been scheduled to go, or scoped out, as it were, was that there was going to be a story arc that was called Return to the Jedi Temple that would take place between Ahsoka's walkabout and the Siege of Mandalore, and there were apparently some nefarious doings in the lowest levels of Coruscant, and Ahsoka would be contacted by the Jedi and would actually partner with the Jedi going down to explore what's happening in the depths of Coruscant because they would find out that there's actually a Sith temple buried miles under the surface and what do you know directly under the Jedi temple as well all the way down on level one of Coruscant which is otherwise deemed uninhabitable. And from there, she makes the leap to being involved with the Jedi, with Obi-Wan and Anakin specifically, related to the doings on Mandalore. Well, obviously it's happening in a different way in the final, you know, new canon situation. And that is that Ahsoka is getting involved at the behest of the Mandalorians, which is a really fascinating thing. At least it seems like there's no place in the timeline for it to happen because, you know, they would have to wedge it into the first two episodes of this final story arc. And it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. I mean, they already have a Siege of Mandalore story arc. They've got the whole thing laid out to begin with. So it seems somewhat unlikely that they're going to try and fit this in. So basically this story that had been previously discussed is just not going to happen. The big question now is how is it that Ahsoka is going to become involved with the Mandalorians and then from there make the jump to working with Obi-Wan and Anakin? And to you know, add to that whole situation, the description that we have right now for Old Friends Not Forgotten, which is episode 9 of season 7 and is also the first episode of this new story arc, the description says... Obi-Wan and Anakin must decide whether they're going to help Ahsoka pursue Maul or rescue Palpatine. And that rescuing Palpatine, that happens, you know, at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. So basically we have run ourselves right to the line where the Clone Wars animated series ends on a timeline perspective and Revenge of the Sith starts up. And so the events of the rest of season seven are going to take place concurrently with the events of Revenge of the Sith. So, now we gotta find out how it is that the Mandalorians are involved with Obi-Wan and Anakin and the rest of the Republic, if they in fact are, or if Ahsoka is gonna be the bridge between these two particular groups of fighters. I will say overall I enjoyed the story arc, and I do feel like, as we discussed previously, there was better character development in here than there was in the Bad Batch story arc, and even the episode 
in the middle of the story arc where they started out in prison and they still ended up in prison. And so basically they were back at square one dangerous debt. That would be, you know, even that episode still had purpose because it had strong character development. And it also had the occasional surprise as well, like the appearance of Bo-Katan and whatnot. It did have the same challenge as the first story arc did where the first episode, eh, in its entirety may not have, you know, really been all that necessary. And, you know, it's not like they are stuck in the format of a, you know, regular episodic TV show, right? They don't have to keep it at 22 minutes because it's not airing on broadcast and they don't have to account for commercials and whatnot. They have room to move with this sort of thing. And so, you know, it could have been a situation where, you know, they figured out how to restructure this and maybe they went 30 minutes instead. And, you know, some of the elements worked their way into, you know, a different episode and it didn't have to be four episodes for the whole story arc. But I will say, interestingly enough, there were unfinished story reels for the Ahsoka's walkabout storyline, at least for the first episode. And the scene where the gangsters show up in the in the auto shop or in the in the ship shop to demand money from Nixokami and later on from Trace on behalf of Rafa, the scene where Ahsoka fights those thugs, the story reels actually look very similar to what the finished version is in the Clone Wars season seven, where she is you know doing all this spinning and you know sort of the pummel horse vault work and ultimately kicking the last alien or. You know, you know, like right between the legs, like that whole comedic thing happens pretty much exactly the same way in the final finished episode, which I thought was kind of interesting in its own right. It does make you wonder, you know, how much of this final season is being driven by the fact that they had some of this material already developed and even already brought through in, you know, at some technical level at the, you know, story reel level. And if that was part of the decision for why these particular storylines ended up making it into the final season. And that is going to do it for our recap and final notes for this second story arc of season seven of the Clone Wars. And if you're watching the video version of this and wondering why it looks like I have a mullet, well, this was just some goofiness that <laughs> happened on you know the day that we were uh, recording this and Lonnie, Brainstormer Lonnie, suggested that I wear this for the broadcast. So yeah, not actually a mullet, just uh, a little fun wig. <laughs> hopefully that was a, a nice surprise for you on the video version of it. So thank you very much for joining me for this mullet-tastic episode of the show, as always. And may the curve be flattening for you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.